Well, good morning on this cold and rainy day. Amen. I'll tell you, we, uh, I think somebody needs to tell San Antonio that we are from San Antonio. Like, this is not, this ain't San Antonio weather, right? But hopefully it snows. Yeah, hopefully it snows. Let's pray that it snows. Say hi to somebody as you're taking a seat here today. We're going to jump right in so we can hear all that God has for us. And uh, then hopefully there's people not standing outside in the cold and wet rain by the time we get to the end of this, all right? Uh, if you were outside standing in the rain before this last service, I apologize. We are working with what we got, right? Sometimes you got to work with what you got in Jesus' name. Well, um, we are in a new series right now, and uh, this new series in which we are in, you know, I, it's really coming from a heart that uh, COVID has put us in a place where um, it may have wreaked havoc on maybe our normal existence of life, on just like our normal routine, how we roll, how we flow, you know, how we operate, how we do things. And you ever been in that place in your life where you've, um, you have uh, been in a routine and then all of a sudden some circumstances in your life changed? Maybe somebody in your life got sick and then you had to care for them. Maybe you stepped into college and uh, your routine was a little bit different. And you had a different rhythm prior to whatever it is you were walking into. And you get through the end of that and you come to the other side of it and you're thinking like, man, here I am. Here's my existence today. I don't necessarily like the rhythm of my life. I had to deal with a season of life because, you know, that's what it, it, I had to, had to do to manage and maintain or move forward in life or whatever. But here I am and I, gotta, I get to redo my schedule now. And you start thinking, well, what was I doing before that led to so much success then, right? And we can find ourselves in that season. I think really COVID has done that for a lot of us, right? We were in the rhythm of like waking up and getting the kids ready and taking them to school and then going to work and then picking them up, picking them up and, and, you know, doing the life. And then COVID was like, well, hey, you get to stay home all day. You're like, uh, what am I going to do with myself? And we were at home and things changed and we, we, we maybe did some things differently and some challenges were there and had some issues and whatever it may be. And, and I thought, you know, what better way for us to start this year off of saying, okay, cool, it's 2021. Uh, we have looked at 2020 and there's some things that we can look at that be like, man, that is not good. We started the conversation off last week with, hey, we can look at some things in our lives that aren't good, that are maybe have some death, some destruction, some sickness around it. But like Jesus, we can call those things that are dead back to life. And Jesus can speak those things and revive them in our lives and dreams that maybe are dead, he can revive them. And so last week we spoke over our existence. And this week I want to come to a place and say, you know what? Here we are. Let's get back to the basics. The basics of last week was belief. This week is the basics of prayer and fasting. Let's get back to the basics, the fundamentals. Fundamentals are foundational, as it says underneath, back to the basics over here on the graphic. Is that what it says? Yeah, fundamentals are foundational. See, everything's strategic around here. You see, I was wondering why the text was uh, kind of distorted. I was like, dude, are we not using the right program? What's up with this? We, we, we had, they're like, no, it's supposed to look like it's stitched. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Hence the little C logo, like it's a, you know, like a brand or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. See, I'm getting old, I guess. 37, you know, I got to keep up to date. But um, uh, fundamentals are foundational. What are these fundamental things? And prayer and fasting and giving are foundational. Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, do it as like this, in a certain specific way. And so these things are fundamental to a Christ-centered life. 
prayer and fasting. So we're going to jump into that, talk about that today. And uh, really, we're starting our fast, to, uh, not today, we're starting our fast on Wednesday. Um, and we're going to jump into that. So if you want to take notes, you can write this across the top of your paper. Pull away to press in. Pull away to press in, okay? We're going to get into those dynamics. Before we do, just want to thank you guys for jumping in on the Christmas Difference Offering. Each uh, owner in here giving $50 for the Christmas Difference Offering to make a difference locally, um, nationally, and internationally. Um, this past week, I said this last Sunday, we were like at $14,300 14, and something dollars. And uh, I jokingly said, hey, if somebody wants to close the gap, and uh, somebody did close the gap. So we met our $20,000 goal for the, the Christmas difference offering. So that's good. And uh, God is good. And so thank you, everybody, for giving towards that. The second part of that is, um, obviously, we're living in a world that is la vida loca right now. Crazy. Uh, if you are in the realm this past week of um, paying attention to what's going on, uh, you saw all over mainstream media uh, a narrative that was being pushed on people and uh, an idea that is out there. And, and so, um, you know, one of the hard things about being a pastor is everybody wants you to say something, right? You get all these people like, I think the spiritual leaders need to stand up and do X, Y, and Z. Um, and obviously, them making that statement is an indication that they should not be a pastor and or a person that stands up and says anything because they look through a very myopic look, a very short-sighted perspective um, towards whatever they're leaning towards. So, you know, uh, for me, I stand up and I'm here to lead Pearl Street Church. I'm not here to lead the church. Jesus Christ is leading the church. I'm not here to be like, hey, World Wide Web out there, all you Christians, let me speak on your behalf. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to lead Pearl Street Church and lead a group of people that want to see unchurched people come to know Jesus. And, and with that today, I want to make it very clear um, that we have to be careful on what we listen to on mainstream media. I can tell you today, if you, if you are paying attention to mainstream media, they are giving you a narrative that is not true, is not it is absolutely 100% has a motive behind it in order to manipulate people to get them to do specific things. And if you've been around here long enough, you heard me speak to this reality in which we are living in is that the powers that be are using Marxist tactics to stay inside of power. Marxist tactics are use civil and social issues in order to divide people. Because if people are united on their political beliefs, and the issues that are within, they will be deni uh, divided inside of their con constitutional rights. And this is a careful, this is where we have to be very careful. Marxist tactics is, hey, you're brown, I'm white. You're black, I'm, I'm brown. And because of that, you're different than me, so I don't like you, right? And they're gonna say, oh, these white people don't like these black people, and these black people don't like these white people, and these brown people don't like these white people, and these brown people don't like these black people. They're gonna do that all over the place. To get what? An emotional response. Oh, people hate me. Oh, well, I got to start fighting. Sex, you know, sexual orientation. Well, these people that are identifying as X, Y, and Z, obviously we have a political or a biblical belief that is, you know, God has created man and woman, and that is the orientation in which we should operate in. The identifying as anything differently or going against that natural biology is against God, which is the fundamental thing that we don't get a choice. He gets to decide what our sex is, right? And so that's a biblical thing, but the world will jump out there and we don't want to jump into those variables. Those are inalienable rights that each American has to represent, do whatever they want to do. That's the beauty of our country, right? If you're in Iran right now, you may be 
Uh, you may have your head chopped off if you identify as a homosexuality. They may throw you off of, they literally are doing that. They're throwing people off a of building, so on and so forth. That's the beauty of being in a country that is for the people, by the people. That's why we exist the way we exist. That's the beauty of the governmental uh, structure in which we have this experiment that was started by these people that came from the tyranny of a British empire, right? The monarchy, the crown. You had no rights. You were a subject of the crown. You couldn't speak out. They'll just lock you up. You're speaking against the crown, right? You're causing division, inciting whatever, sedition or whatever, insurrection, the stuff that was thrown out there this past week. Um, so here's the, here's the key that I want us to hear inside of here, because each of us may stand differently on civil and social issues. That is completely fine, right? You may see one way on abortion. I may see a different way on abortion, right? Um, you may see one way on sexual orientation. I may see a different way, right? Um, and, and, and how it plays out. Biblically, we all have to stand on the same thing. According to the Bible, it's very clear inside of there. But we got we to gotta come to an understanding that when it comes to we the people, this, this um, uh, government in which we live in, the beauty of this is we have a constitution that comes with a bill of rights. And the bill of rights gives us a people a certain set of rights, right? Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to assemble and peacefully protest, freedom to bear arms, to protect ourselves against a power that would come against and try to take from us. These are, these are things. If you don't know these things, you better get up to speed very quickly as an American, right? Get up to speed. Go do your research on American history. Because if you don't, what you will do, and this is what they want you to do, they want you to identify with a civil grievance and then go with them to remove a constitutional right from the other side that people disagree with you. And if we are so compromised in our social issues, we will celebrate the constitutional rights of others being taken away. And at the very same time, when we celebrate others' constitutional rights being taken away, what are we celebrating? The rights of all people being taken away. And this is where it's a slippery, slippery slope. That if we are so uh, compromised ideologically, we can find ourselves, we will completely eliminate our ability to operate as a free people. And so if you are an American, go research the Constitution, go research the Bill of Rights, understand what the inalienable rights of a, of a person in this country is. And then if the political party you are representing is removing that and advocating for the removal of that from people you disagree with, you better walk away from that party very, very quickly. Because what they are doing to others is the very thing they'll do to you whenever you disagree with them. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You got one preaching. Preach it. Amen. But this is the beauty of what we live in here today. If you, a communist country today, you do not have a freedom of religion. Christians are locked up inside of China today, right? There's Muslims today that are put in concentration camps. If you don't know that, go do your research, Barbara. The very ideology that is dictating that country is the ideology that's trying to infiltrate this country. And if you are not careful... You will celebrate something, but just give it 20 years and your kids will be at the tyranny of the very thing that you celebrated. We all have an alienable right, doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. We want to all stand for the Constitution. We want to stand for the Bill of Rights. We want to stand for these documents that was put in place that we have the power, not those people that are up there at you know, Capitol Hill that got into power, however they got into power by being elected how they get elected, what do they have to do to get elected, right? Who do they have to compromise, right? Those are the individuals that'll say one thing to your face while they got a knife inside of your back. That's who they are. That's who they are. They're evil, evil, a lot of them are very evil people that do not have our interest at heart.
And so I've looked at this stuff over a long period of time. I am not deceived. There's no musician that can pull something on me. Magic is all about, let me show you this over here while I do something over here. The world in which we live in, these guys have operated like that for a very long time. I ain't no fool. They call us sheeple. I ain't no sheeple. Right? I'm a sheep. Amen. I'm a sheep of the king. Amen. He's my good shepherd. Amen. So, uh, so you got to be careful. The very people that marched into the Capitol, some of the very people that marched into the Capitol were the same people that were at the, uh, the protests that were going on this, this past summer that were burning stuff down. It's very identifiable. You can research it. You're not going to see that on mainstream media. So what is it? It's a hijacking of a peaceful protest in order to create a narrative that all these people are X, Y, and Z. And you got to be very careful when you allow these people to control that narrative. And, uh, Let's stand for the Constitution. Amen? That's what this church stands for. That's what I stand for because I, we need freedom of religion or I can't get up here and speak this truth in love. They'll come in here and be like, bro, you are a bigot and uh, you have hate speech because you're saying that your religion is superior to somebody else's religion and that the only way to heaven is Jesus Christ. Whenever other people believe something different, they'll come in here and lock me up. And uh, we need freedom of religion. We need freedom of speech. We need freedom to peacefully protest. Uh, cool. So if you are a part of Pearl Street Church... That should not offend you. Why? Because I'm your pastor, right? You're just hearing my heart. If that does offend you, if it does offend you, I'm not your pastor and that's okay. There's a lot of other churches out there and uh, there, uh, we, will, we will help you find whatever church that is, okay? That you, uh, that you can go and, and follow that pastor and that sheep, but, or that uh, shepherd. But um, at the end of the day, we're just trying to help and lead a country that makes a difference inside of the world and keeps Jesus as king uh, on no matter who's on whatever throne is in wherever. So cool. All right. It's a little tense for a second. It gets tense for a second, right? But the reality is, you want me to speak, I'm going to speak this truth. Everybody's like, you need to come out and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, violence, we don't advocate any violence. Don't get me wrong. We're not advocating violence or anything. We're advocating for peaceful protests. We're advocating against, you know, uh, evil in Jesus' name. Uh, all right. So this conversation we're having today is pulling away from to press into something, right? Have you ever been there before? You're like, you know, I'm no longer going to eat desserts anymore. I did that two months ago. I'm like, you know, I'm going to push away from desserts. I've ate more desserts in the last two months than I have in the past two years. <laughs> it's after breakfast. I'm like, yo, uh, is there a cake somewhere? Is uh, anybody got some ice cream? Um, it's very easy inside of life. But don't we do this? There's things in which we say we're not doing anymore and or on the other side of it. There's like, we're going to start working out every day, three times a day. We're in it. And all of a sudden, you, once you say you're working out, you hate working out more than you've ever hated it before. <laughs> it's funny how our human psychology is. There's something on the inside of us. The moment we say we're not going to do something, we immediately want to do it. The moment we say we are going to do something, we immediately, say we immediately don't want to do it. You can see this inside of kids. It's like, do not touch it. And they're like, <laughs> you know, you can see it, right? Lest you become like a child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. God is very, uh, uh, what was it? There was a, a great philosopher that said he's, he's learned more about philosophy by watching children than he has in all the years of, of study and research of the books uh, about history. More understanding has come by watching kids, right? You can see it, this human nature that's on the inside of us. And, and so one of these fundamental things is prayer and fasting. You know, the beauty about prayer is it takes us from where we are to where we need to be. And the beauty of when we get into a place where it's like, God, you know, with all these emotions, especially today, right? All these emotions, who knows what's going to happen over the next 10 days? Nobody knows what's going to happen, right? There could be some dramatic changes that is, marks the history of, of the world that happens in the next 10 days. Could be. 
And so we got all these emotions that's tied out there on like X, Y, and Z, and oh, I hate this person and this thing and these people, oh, emotions. And the beauty about this is once we get to a place of prayer, man, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We can be angry at somebody like, I hate that person. Man, they're so, bleh, I just want them to blah. And then we get into prayer, we're like, God, oh, all these emotions, we start spilling them out. Bleh, bleh, bleh. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit is given unto us to lead us into all truth. And we get into this place. And now the Holy Spirit's like, well, Brent, you know, uh, these people are just as jacked up as you. Did, did you hear me right? They're just as jacked up as, as you are. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So actually, you know what? You know what Jesus said whenever he was on this earth, that if you hate somebody, then you actually are killing them. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And you know what Jesus said? He says, uh, love your enemy. Yeah, you're, you're right. Okay. All these emotions has led to this place where I want to move in aggression, but through prayer has taken me to a place that I need to be operating in love. And so this is a basic, fundamental activity in which God has called us to live in. Prayer. It's a basic. If we're not in prayer today, if it's not a part of our everyday life, I'm not talking about like, I sit before my bed at the end of every night. If you need to do that, go about it, Okay. But I'm saying, are you spending some time? Is it five minutes at your desk before you start your day? Is it 10 minutes while you're riding in your car towards work? Is it that you literally stop the morning, you get up maybe at 5 a.m. and you're like, everybody else is asleep. I'm dedicating one hour towards God. I'm dedicating five minutes towards God. I'm dedicating 30 seconds, whatever it may be. What is the rhythm? Do you have that basic fundamental rhythm to say, I'm stopping and I am focusing on God, that I'm going to lay my heart out and have a conversation with him, that I'm not just going to try to go about this and lean on my own understanding, but I'm going to lean on him and his understanding so that I can come to this understanding, man, what does he want me to do? Fundamentals and basics. We all have this inside of life. You know, once we go to this place to say, you know, we're going to give up, we're going to push away from something. The beauty of when we begin to pray and fast, we push away from some things. It heightens our spirit to say we want to press in on him. And that is the focus of what we want this year through this fast. We're going to do it through the 13th through the 3rd, I think is what it is, the 13th through the 3rd of uh, January. January 13th through the 3rd of February. And guess what? We're going to end with a worship night on Tuesday the 3rd of February. Everybody going to come in here. We're going to worship. We're going to be masked up. It's going to be good, but we're going to worship, but we're going to end this fast. So maybe you're like, hey, okay, so what is this fast? What, what is a fast all about? Spiritually, it's basically just saying, I'm going to press away from some natural things so that I can heighten my spirit to, uh, to accomplish some things that I want to see happen in the spiritual realm. I want, to, I want to petition God. I want to show God that I am serious. Simply, that's what a fast is. God, I'm going to press in, I'm going to pull away from some natural things, and I'm going to press into some spiritual things to catch your attention to move on my behalf, right? That's simply all, all fast is. It's pushing away, pressing in. Now, we take the Daniel fast, and that's what we're going to be doing around here, and, and maybe you have a little bit different idea on what you want to do or how you want to do it, but we do a Daniel fast every year to start our year off. It's our first fruits mentality, right? Just like with our, our gifts, the treasures in which God has placed into our hands, the first thing we do is we come and tithe, right? We give towards the Lord, right? Because he has blessed us. Every good gift comes from the Father. And we constantly want to live in remembrance of his goodness. So we go and we give to his house. The same thing with... Uh, um, the same thing with communion. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Make it a practice to put your mind on my sacrifice for you. Because the more you remember, the more you'll live in alignment with. 
It's simple, right? These are basic fundamentals, but fundamentals are foundational. So this pushing away from food puts us in a place where like, okay, I'm aware, God, we want to catch your attention to move. Now, this comes from Daniel. This is a, a place, in, well, fasting doesn't come from Daniel, but we look at the Daniel fast and how we go about it on just eating vegetables and drinking water, living in that realm. Some of them mix it up however you want to do. If you're like, hey, I want to know more about the Daniel fast, go online to Pearl Street Church, pearlstreet.church, or you can go on the, at the app at Pearl Street's app, or you, we got packets for you as you're walking out, you can grab one of those packets. But you can get all the information necessary. But the main thing is, is we want to be able to pull away from some natural things to focus on some spiritual things. So the question I would ask is, what is it that you want to see God do at the first part of your year this year? What is it that you want to see God do over the next 11 months of your year? What are you praying for? What are you looking at? What challenges are you walking in? What, 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 what is grieving your heart here today? A, a good one would probably be the nation. That's probably a good one, right? You know, what is grieving your heart? Is it, is it a family member that, man, doesn't know the Lord? Is it a challenge in which you are walking and where you just don't feel like you're being fulfilled in the life in which you are leading today? You need a fresh touch from God where, man, your soul has not been revived. And, man, you're walking around as like the walking dead, a zombie, uh, literally, you know, spiritually dead. You are living and existing you got life in your body, your heart is beating, but you are spiritually dead. And you're like, I need a fresh touch from God to get me back in alignment. Get me focused again. Get me like on mission again. Man, I need a fresh touch. I need a revival on the inside of me. Maybe it's a family member that doesn't know the Lord, right? We just had this past week, uh, this past Sunday, an individual has been praying for a family member and they showed up for the first time ever. First time ever. They've never been to church before. They showed up to church this past week. Amen. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. But there's things like this that, man, what is it that we want to see happen inside of our lives? Daniel came to a place where he was asked to compromise his beliefs. And because of that, he pressed back on, um, uh, in Babylon and essentially said, we're not going to eat the food that is coming from the king. And with that, we're going to be strengthened just as much as everybody else that's fully just eating however they want to eat. And so this is, you know, Dan Daniel's basically just simply saying, like, we don't need all of what the world has. All we need is to commit ourselves to what God has for us. And in that, he will strengthen us as necessary, however he wants and however he sees fit. We don't need the things of this world. We just need God. And essentially, we take that precedence inside of our lives at the beginning of every year to say, we're going to press away from these things. We don't believe that we're going to get weaker through this process. We don't think it's like, oh, you know, Jesus even indicates to us like, hey, whenever you fast in Matthew 6, whenever you fast, you know, don't walk around like, oh, my God. Right. Everybody's like, how are you doing? I'm fasting. Obviously, I'm not doing well. Right. <laughs> we don't make this big show out of it or anything. But it's a thing that we're like, we're committing towards God. We're pushing in on him. We want to see God move inside of our life. We're pulling away to push in, pulling away to push in, pulling away to push in. God, God, what do you want to do? What are you speaking? How do you want to move inside of our lives? Um, and so the beauty, uh, so the thing I would say is what, what do you want to do? What are the things that you are, you're praying for? What are the things you want to see God do inside of your life? You know, Jesus, whenever he started his ministry, he went away and prayed and fasted. The, the thing about the Bible though, it says is that, and he became very weak. So here today, what I'm, what I'm saying is, man, what is it that you want God to do? And maybe on the things that you see here today, you need to start fighting through fasting. That's number two. Number two, if you can start fighting through fasting, that, that I don't wanna, I don't wanna keep on doing the same thing the way I've always done it. I don't wanna just keep on when this is my need and you know, in your two minute prayer, you're like, God, will you please touch this area of my life? 
And you, you've been in that routine for the past 10 years and nothing's happened. And maybe it's time to start fighting your battles, your struggles, your challenges. Now you say, I'm going to start fighting these things through fasting. What is it? I'm going to put a little push behind my prayer. Things the way they've always been is not, not the way that this is going to happen. I'm, I'm, and through that process, when you fast, the reality, Jesus, it says on the tail end here, and he became very hungry. So decide what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, but realize it is going to get hard. But what you are pushing away in the natural with, you are now engaging in the spiritual and you are being strengthened spiritually. So yes, your body may be weak, but your spirit is strong. And so this is the key. Fighting through fasting engages this aspect to say, man, I want to start engaging in a different process. You know, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two and they ministered and they did these things. They cast out demons, so on and so forth. Well, down the road in that process, uh, when they were out ministering, they came upon this one demon-possessed person. They prayed over this person and the demon didn't come out of them. They're like, what happened this time? We've been able to pray all this time. We prayed over this individual and the same thing we've done before didn't happen this time. So Jesus shows up on the scene and praise God, Jesus shows up on the scene. He's like, hey, you know, I got this. Okay, boys, let me show you. It's like when Michael Jordan shows up to this day, he's like, all right, boys, sit back. I'm an OG MJ fan. Okay, I get it. You get it. LeBron is not the greatest of all time. He called himself the king, and the moment he did that, he was no longer a king, okay? I was watching that interview where he said, man, when we won that championship, that's when I became the greatest of all time. I was like, whoa, that's a big statement, which means you're not, okay? So, <laughs> he never was anyways, Jesus is. So, but, uh, you know what we're saying? But Jesus shows up on the scene and they're, they're confused. Why can't we do this thing? Jesus touches the man, heals the man, and the demon comes out and they're confused. They're like, Jesus, how did this happen? And what does Jesus say? Some things come by prayer and fasting. Sometimes you've got to fight things that you are dealing with inside of your life, not just by prayer. I'm going to pray over about this thing. Now you got to put some push behind that prayer and say, God, I'm going to push away some from, from some natural things and I'm going to press into this spiritual thing. And you say, when I got this faith to push in on this, that you can move heaven and earth. I can move mountains. Yeah. And this is where we are at, that maybe today, you know, are you in this place where you want, you're wanting God to move in a specific area and you've been doing the same thing, the same way, fighting the same battle, the same way, and it's not working. Fasting may be the key that unlocks the door that puts the push behind your prayer to get the thing to move for God to show up in the middle of this. The other precedence is inside of Esther. You can read in Esther chapter three, four, five, six, and seven. Read all those chapters inside of there. But Esther, uh, as a queen inside of the land in this Persian empire, there, there was a certain man named Haman, if you want to call him, Haman, this individual that was powerful. He, he rose to power. And in that process, he was prideful. And in this land, he was walking around and everybody had to bow down to him. Well, you got this other guy, uh, Mordecai, that's like, you know what? I don't bow down to anybody other than the almighty God. Yeah. And so he wouldn't bow down before him. And this was made aware of him on. And he said, you know, uh, well, who is this man? Or Haman, sorry. And who is this man? Well, who is he? Well, he found out he was a Jew. Well, isn't this an eerie reminder of how much destruction has been trying to come to the Jews throughout the existence of time since they're God's chosen people? Reality? Come on, this stuff has existed for a long time. When Nazi rose up in the middle of, uh, or in the early 1900s, it's not a surprise. God's people, God's chosen people. Jesus says this is a battle between good and evil. The reality of what we live in here today, this is a battle between good and evil. Not against right and left. It's between good and evil. 
So what do you get inside of this reality? This individual, they're a Jewish, he's a Jewish man. He won't bow down to me. Oh, all Jews won't bow down to me because they won't bow down to any other God other than their almighty God. Okay, how about we annihilate them? He presents it to King Xerxes. Hey, how about we annihilate these people? They're in their land. They will not bow down. They won't follow your decrees. King Xerxes says, yeah, let's, let's annihilate them on March 7th. Let's make it happen, March 7th. Mordecai in just in, in, in anguish goes out and, you know, obviously he's making a scene on behalf of his people. This is horrible. Tears his clothes. He's going to run around half naked. Queen Esther, which is a Jew, hears this. She's a Jewish lady. Hears this. Mordecai, what's going on? She, he tells her, she's like, oh my gosh, well, go pray and fast. She tells him, hey, Mordecai, get our people to pray and fast. I'm going to go before the king to petition him to save our people against this destruction on this man, Haman. They prayed and fasted for three days. She walks in there and literally the king, who does not have a good reputation with treating queens very well, would raise out a scepter and allow her to come in. He could annihilate her. If, if, if somebody walked into his chambers without being summoned to take the king's time, it didn't matter who they were, even if it was the queen, he could literally say, who are you? Why are you here? You have no authority to come into my place without me asking, kill this person. And he did it multiple times before that. But she made a cry, pray and fast. Let me just tell you, there may be some enemies that are coming against you. There may be some things, and I'm not talking about some, some may be in the natural. There may some, be some people that just don't like you. Guess what? Jesus said, that's the reality of what we live in. If they don't like me, they won't like you. It's becoming even more evident in our world today as people identify with the civil issues and lose sight of the constitutional issue. They're coming to a place today to say, your ideas, we don't like you because you believe in Jesus. This is very evident in our society today. But where does it come down to? Comes to this place that Esther going before the king would put herself in a place to say, save my people. Haman does not like us. They're trying to annihilate us. This is the plan in which he has to take us out. And with that reality, she would find favor, supernatural favor by praying and fasting supernatural favor by praying and fasting. The thing I'm asking today is maybe there are some enemies that are coming against you today. Maybe there are some things in which you are walking in here today that is going to require you. Maybe it's natural. Maybe it's not natural. Maybe it really is the work of the enemy to undermine your faith. Maybe it is some people that are coming against you. Maybe you do need to love your enemies. By prayer and fasting, you can fight in this direction and say, you know what? I'm not going to give in to the emotional response that my natural wants to do. They could have very easily said, let's mount up an army of Jewish individuals and let's kill Mordecai. I mean, let's kill Haman. Let's do it. But rather they said, let's petition God to work on our behalf. And what does God do? He worked on their behalf. You know, that very individual, uh, Haman, that put a pole outside, a sharpened 75-foot pole that he was going to impale Mordecai on, that same pole that he put out there was the same mechanism that was used to take his life. When it was exposed what he was trying to do, the Lord came to the king in the middle of the night and revealed who Mordecai was. Come on, maybe we're trying to fight our battles when it's God that's trying to reveal our character before men. We're trying to show, hey, this is who we are. This is Rather than just, just keep on living it, keep on pursuing God, fasting and praying, and allow God to reveal who we are to them. 
Come on, let's keep loving and keep on giving. God pursued. And and so with that, I want to encourage us that maybe if we put a little push behind our prayer, that we put fasting on the other side of our prayer, these needs and these issues that are out there and which we are confronting, maybe maybe the very enemies that the, the, the devil is using or maybe the very narratives or the concepts or the ideas that the enemy is using to come after us with, that through prayer and fasting, the exposure of them will be the very thing that bring him, brings him down around our lives. Those things that we no longer, the things that he has accused us, what the, the accuser of the brethren, this is the accuser, the very thing that he's been saying, you are this, you are that. You will never be the accuser, the exposure, exposure, uh, uh, the uh, exposure, no, the exposure, the revelation of these things in which he is saying and things he is doing will come to light. And with that, will, his word, his mouth will come to death in your life. It'll lose its power. It'll lose its life over our lives. So sometimes we got to fight with fasting. We got to press in and fight through fasting. The last thing I'll leave you with is this. If it means something to you, it means something to God. If it means something to you, then it means something to God. Our church, you may be walked into these doors, you're like, Pastor, I didn't know we were going to be doing a fast. All good in the hood. Pastor, I'm not ready for a fast. Well, you got three days to get ready. Okay, cool. We're going to start on the 13th. You got three days. Wednesday, we're going to start the fast. You got three days to get ready for this, right? There's some things that we need to pray for. Some things we need to pray for as a body of people, as the church. One of those things would be a building to relieve the pressure of ministry. Another thing on that is we would continue to reach unchurched people in a very dark world. We're going to keep on shining the light no matter what chaos is around us and or tyranny that's trying to come against us. We're going to keep on speaking the truth in love. We're going to keep on sharing the gospel. We're going to keep on speaking what Jesus called us to speak, the good news. Amen. Those are corporate things we can pray for. But there's some specific things that you need to pray for. Now, with that, we're saying fast something. Just do something. There's a lot of different fasts. You could do an all-water fast like Jesus did whenever he was out in the desert before he started his ministry. If you want to do that, do your thing. Uh, I'm not doing that (laughs) for 21 days, that's for sure. I may do it for a day or two. Who knows? If you want to do fruits and vegetables and juices, do your thing. If you say, you know what, social media has taken my time, it's got me all jacked up on the inside, and I want to instead spend my time on that, I want to spend my time focused on God, do your thing. I hope everybody would say, you know what, I'm going to do something. For the few, the proud, the Pearl Street Church, you're going to say, I'm doing the Daniel fast, right? I'm with the church, we're doing the Daniel fast. I'm going to go online, I'm going to figure it out, I'm going to eat certain things, right? I'm going to do the Daniel fast. The key here is that it's not about the fast, but it's about the focus. That's what it's all about. It's not about fasting, it's about focus. And as you focus, then you'll focus on the fast, right? As you focus on, God, I want to get with you. I want to get into your presence. I want to focus on these things. Then it's very easy to be like, that's why I'm pushing away from these things, because I'm pressing into those things. You know, Heather tells me every Christmas, every birthday, uh, she's right over here, my lovely wife. Amen. What's up, baby girl? She tells me every Christmas, every birthday, Brent, I don't need you to buy me some fancy diamond ring. I don't need you to get me any jewelry. I can buy that for myself. I say, yes, ma'am, Dr. Cordell. 
What she tells me is, Brent, get your head connected with your heart and do something specific for me. And what is she saying? If you, if you do something for me, if something means something to you, then it'll mean something to me. She loves a handwritten card saying like, you're so well she loves that. Why? Because it's coming from this. It means something to me. I'm indicating what she means to me. If it means something to you, it'll mean something to God. Why? Because Jesus said, if you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, the door shall be opened. What is, it, what is he saying through that scripture? If you get your desire in the direction of your creator, your creator will move in the direction of you. If it means something to you, it'll mean something to him. That's the whole point of what we want to do with the beginning part of this year. Fasting, it may be the scary word, like fasting, that's like a super religious thing. No, it's a basic thing. It's a fundamental thing to say, God, I'm pushing away from the natural and I'm pressing into the spiritual. That's, that's fundamental. That is basic. If somebody has told you that's a religious activity for all those crazies out there, they're lying to you to remove you from the power of God's presence that puts the push behind your prayer. That's the enemy at work to try to undermine your faith rising up to say, no, I'm walking by faith. I'm walking in this. I'm pressing in because I need God to move. So what is it that you want to see God do? I would say be specific. You need to be specific on what you are asking God for. Be specific. Don't be general like, God, I just want to bless you. <laughs> yeah, we all do. That's what we all want. Be specific. God, deal with the social issues in our, in our culture today. God, pray for the president that sits in, whatever white, the, in the White House, whichever president that is. You, you pray for them. God, I, I need you to move specifically in my workplace. I need you to work specifically inside of my heart with my passion and my joys. I just don't have it today. Be specific. God, I feel alone. I want a, a dark, tall, handsome man. Amen. Be specific. Be specific. I mean, if you're going more in, in like my direction, you need like a, a pale, white, blue eye. You know. <laughs> but be specific. <laughs> Whatever you want. But if that's, a, that's where you look, be, be specific. Because it means something to you. It means something to God. It means something to you. It means something to God. Amen? Whatever this is, whatever it is, do something. Don't just sit back and be like, that's what they're doing. We're part of the body of Christ, but we're part of Pro Street Church. This is what we are doing, right? I tell you, I'm believing for services over the next three weeks just to be wild. Because you're like so energized. You're walking through these doors like, I can't wait to worship. I don't need anybody else to play a note. I can play my own note. I got this. I mean... Right? I'm expecting the services just literally to be wild because we're already positioned and prepared to receive. Oh, I'm praying. God, we want all of you. Fathers, we pull away from some of the natural things. I'm praying, God, throughout our church community that you meet people in that private place of prayer. Lord, is. Is they're moving into a place of spiritual tenacity and resilience, God. 
Father, I pray the desires of their heart would be met in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the things that they've, they've been praying for for years, God, that maybe they haven't seen any movement in, that Father, miraculous shows up around them in Jesus' name. Father, you would break down walls on the inside of spouses' hearts that maybe have been built up for years. That the chaos of sin that has restricted our spouses, God, from truly coming to know you, it limited in their passion, Father, limited them in their passion for you and their involvement, God, and your church. Father, I pray that you would break those walls down, those hardened hearts in Jesus' name. You would soften them up. And God, you would revive people that are spiritually dead in Jesus' name, whether they're in our families, in our workplaces, God. Father, we pray you would revive them in our nation in Jesus' name. Lord, revive them in our church in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for those needs that are around us, Lord, that maybe are financial and that desperately need a miracle to show up. God, you send a gift. You send a provision, God, out of nowhere. The miraculous would show up among us as we press in, God. The miraculous would show up among us. Lord, your will be done in our church Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, wherever you're leading us inside of our future, God, you make it plain, make it clear. Father, we would walk in peace as you prepare the future for this house. Your will be done across our church community. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody says, amen and amen and amen.